podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fun one, wasn't it, Mark? Really fun podcast today. Good guest, good chat. Yep. Some some good, actually, some really good topics on the weekend, Martin. It was a busy weekend of football. It was a spooky weekend to celebrate, <laughs> Hall- Ooh, to celebrate Halloween. Yeah, let's leave that there. And let so there. why not sit down, pour yourself a lovely cup of tea, and yep. carve a pumpkin whilst listening to the voices of Martin Gritton, Dan Tralfer, and myself, Mark, Mark Smith. Smith. Welcome to this week's Whistleblowers. We are delighted. I say we are delighted. It's myself and Mark Smith. Yeah. Hello. Hi, Mark. Hello. Always good to have you here. Always good to be here, Mark. It's a while since we've done one together. It is, yeah. Because you've been swallowing off doing your commentaries. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we're delighted to be joined by a friend of the pod, QPR fan and author, uh, Dan Trelfer. Hello. Dan, good to have you back. Thank you very much. Feels like it's been a while. How many times is this now for you on Whistleblowers? Oh, man. Just two or three or four or more? Oh, more. Oh, he's oh, yeah. our whistleblowers, but he's the early incarnation. He's from the yeah, old right. school, so, you know, he's, he's, he's an ever-present. When they were listeners. Went through those <laughs> listeners. That's the spirit. I'm sure we'll cut, yeah. we won't cut that out later. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's not dwindle. There was plenty going on. It was a horror show, fitting for the Halloween special that we've got here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Friday spooky. night was the spooky episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's start with Friday night was genuinely harrowing, for, uh, and yeah, that is a good place to start, isn't it? That, yeah. That was just. It felt like they shouldn't have televised it after a certain point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It felt like before the watershed. Post watershed, yeah. Absolutely, we'll blur it out at least. Yeah. They've, got, they've got families, these people. It was fitting that Vardy was celebrating every goal like it was the first of the game. Like it's yeah. Yeah. he was like doing the knee slides, the arms out. He was even cupping his ear to them yeah. at eight nil down, and yeah. you're like, they're they're already dead. Just oh. stop, stop. Dan, what do you think about that? Because I, I have an opinion on this that I will share. What on the celebrate? Celebrating. celebrating, yeah, yeah, good. Are you happy I, with it? I reckon I, I, it got to a certain point. I think when you're watching a thrashing, as long as it's e- possibly even if it's your own team, mm. once it gets to a certain point, what's your kids' team? You think no, I'm not your kids' team. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but once it gets to a certain point, you sort of think, oh, might as well just make it big yeah. now. I mean, I was watching that game. I don't care about Leicester or Southampton no. at all. I quite like. I, I like Leicester in terms of they play lovely. You football. don't dislike either one of them. Don't dislike either one. I really wanted them to get at least ten. I was. I was <laughs> like, kickoff as well. Weirdly, <laughs> yes. Properly wanted them to score. What did you have to say? My my thought on this is because this came up in the summer with the Women's World Cup and the United States women's team, where they won like 13 0. And on the 13th goal, they had a choreographed celebration with the entire bench. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was just insane. Holding holding it back. Yeah, because you know what? Because I'm not saying you shouldn't go and try and score as many as you can. Of course you should. It's like the the Philippines or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was. It was the Philippines. But if Britain, if if you were a Leicester City striker and you're 6 0 up, in the Premier League against 10 men, it'd be insane for you not to score as many as you can. Yeah, You'd yeah. think, I can fill my boots here, but I wouldn't, at 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 nil, be celebrating that much. I think it's disrespectful not to play to your capacity, yeah. but it's also disrespectful yeah. to, to do that. Well, even as fans, you celebrate in a different way. Once, one, once the game's won, you sort of do a kind of, hey, yeah. and just sort of do a little funny dance rather than punch in the air. Well, and the like, the yeah. Germany-Brazil semi-final, the 7-1, Germany stopped celebrating after four. Maybe after five, it's one mm. of the two. But they just, after that, it's just like... They just laugh. They get together, they pat on the back, yeah. handshake, just maybe a little hug, but it's yeah. definitely not Vardy 
shushing the yeah. fans at nine. No, I mean, yeah. he's obviously, he's getting stick, so I get it. But yeah. but that's it. what stick is he getting? Like the the fans, no one there. The fans are soaking. The rain's coming down I know, sideways. I mean, Colleen Rooney on the first row. <laughs> I noticed that what happened was that loads of people had left. And you know, normally when there's a penalty, everyone mm. sort of wags their arms around trying to put the player off which never works <laughs> and, and so i saw they all started the ones that had stayed gathered around the front to try oh, and okay. make it look as if there was right. still a mass of fans there good on them sort of getting close well, together and, and yeah. good on those fans for sticking with it because yeah. it, it was a horror show it was awful weather i mean it was just really it was just awful to yeah, watch well, it was horrible to watch the, the reason we started that conversation apart from the ridiculous like the fact that that's so far down the news cycle perhaps because it's obviously Friday night match but the VAR decision which yeah. gave Chilwell the goal and also gave a red card to who was the fullback? Bertrand Bertrand so you're just like at that point Southampton fans were already thinking can I get to the pub before yeah, closing yeah, to t- 10 minutes in and, and that's happened that was brutal and yeah. um, but VAR was to play a big part over the weekend, apart from well, that. Well, this is it, absolutely. And, you know, we, we don't even need to talk about Leicester performance because it was just, it was incredible and fitting w- with what they've been up to. But, yeah, VAR was, it was, I mean, we can't not talk about it, but let's try and not talk about it by, well, should, should, by should, wrapping should we, it up. Should we pick one? Dan Schaffer, you pick one VAR decision from this weekend. Or if you saw any, like, certainly yeah. more just the sentiment you have towards it because, okay. like, it's quite hard to... <laughs> I've got. I've to got isolate got one of bad the bar podcast. Okay, so I'll I'll talk about the um, uh, Chelsea. Oh God, uh, Hudson Odoi, yep. which wasn't a penalty, but also wasn't a yellow card. Like I, I think he got a slight touch and he went down. Didn't, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Doesn't have to be one or the other. My my whole thing with VAR is we were promised two things with VAR. One, you always get the right decision. Two, it won't take very long. Yeah. We didn't get neither of those things. <laughs> One, you're not always getting the right decision. And yeah. two, it takes ages. But it takes so long. It does. But what I would say is that they are starting to grow some balls and overturn some decisions. In that case, they were ruling a penalty out, and I thought they'd carry on doing that. But actually, over the weekend, we also saw people go from not giving the penalty yeah. to overturning it. And I think that, although the decision was wrong, I think the Dan James one uh, for United against uh, Norwich. Norwich. At least for me, that's a, that's a positive because before it was well, like you need to murder someone in the box to to have a chance of this getting overturned. The, 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 I think, and we're missing the big picture in, in very literal terms in the fact oh, that no one can see this. No one can see it. So yeah. the people in the ground, wh- who is this for? Is yeah. this for Sky Sports? If it's for Sky Sports, then what's the point in On it, a Saturday it, three yeah. pm kickoff? Yeah. Well, also letting the referee the referee should be reviewing these. I mean, and it's inconveniently appropriate that the Rugby World Cup's on at exactly the same time, delivering it with and we can incredibly see well. how well they're doing it on a much more complicated game. Yeah, so, I mean, let's not... Let's basically say that VAR is a, it's a necessary thing. because it's, it's a here good, to stay, right? Yeah, it should be. That's yeah. the most depressing thing, because it should be. We'll get it right. It should work be it buried. Out, no, I don't, think, I, we'll get I don't think it will be, because it's too... This, it's just not... Things are not cut, cut and dried. And I, yes. they're just not... And the problem is... We can still debate it six months later. Well, what's the point? If we're still debating every decision, no matter which way it's gone, you know, mm. sometimes you go, well, that was the right decision. Oh, fine. But for 50% of them, we're still debating. So for so absolutes, the so for absolutes it's a waste of you, time. Would, you would have VAR. I'd have has it for goal lines, line, and has, that's has it. Offside, not offside. Don't no. care. Interesting. Get used to it. If it's a bad decision, it's a bad decision. Oh, just live with it. Jesus. I disagree with you, Dan, but I completely understand okay. where you're coming from. Uh, Grits. What a respectful discussion. Ooh, no, I mean, no, I'm not, not fitting of these modern times. I, uh, <laughs> it's technology. It's absolutely necessary. It's just being done very badly. And um, they need to find a better way to do it. 
I don't think the I don't think the trials that they did were very conclusive, no. and they just went through with it anyway. But uh, um, I just knows? wrapped this up, Grits, and you've gone back in again. Well, you you can't, ask, can't stay away. You didn't let me. You didn't let me speak. He Martin. didn't get straight control of the podcast, Martin. Um, right, okay. Let's let's move on. We have some other performances this weekend that probably need talking about. We were talking about Chelsea there with Hudson Odoi. Overall, Chelsea. I thought, that, and in Europe last week, they were a very mature performance from them there. Um, yeah. Beating was it Ajax? Very, very good Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Is that how it's, yeah. Do you have to yeah. say it that way? It was, it was that at Derby, so yeah, it's got to be that. You know what? Um, I think if I was just coming into football now, this is the first year I'm properly watching it. Chelsea might be the team I support. Martin, Mark, you've hit. The, that's exactly how I feel, and I feel dirty for saying that. I yeah. think I'm, almost, I'm a Chelsea fan. Chelsea, are my local team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live in Battersea. It's like I could walk to the ground. Mm. You know, I, it's. And don't look at me like that, Dan. Dan Trelf is getting his arms, <laughs> shaking his head. Never his arms. say that in a million like, just, years. It's disgusting, <laughs> and it doesn't sit well with my mouth. And hopefully, we might cut it out later, Leon. No, we won't. We, we won't. Put Leicester a have just won nine 0 and we're all going. Chelsea. No, Chelsea. but look, but look at what Chelsea are yeah, doing. Yeah, it's the way he's going about it. He's, he's he's going against all of the normal sort of Chelsea Chelsea mentality towards playing. The way Pulisic came through, admittedly, that was a big money signing. But the way he's developed him in conjunction with the other young players I think that that's a bit through. of a knee-jerk reaction, actually, the Pulisic one. The reaction there of you saying how well Lampard... I think, actually, it was just one of those games where Pulisic had a good game. I don't necessarily put that down to Lampard nurturing him through a tough time. I think it's just... Sometimes that will happen. No, but I'm just saying that everything else... Yeah, yeah, the management, and so far, it's been so positive. Well, when it comes off for him, then you've got to give him credit. Yeah, no, that's, you know? that's fair. What do you think about Chelsea so far this season, Dan? Remind us who you support. So he's going to keep you <laughs> Right. Yeah. I can't believe I've just set up that. I know. Here we are. Oh, it's difficult for me, really. I think they've done, you know, they are. They're, they're, you know, I, w- I did watch the Burnley game and they, they played well and they're yeah. good to watch. They're a more likeable side than they used to be. I'll Definitely. give them that. Um, Definitely. It was but, hard not to be that. Though. Yes, quite, quite tricky not to be. Well, it's, and I think it's nice, nice to see, you know, young players in there. Mason, Mason Mount's a, a and, really and good player. British, I'm really pleased that British he's. Well, yeah, that he's. He's made the transition from the championship and he's, he's doing well. And I'm pleased. I know Tammy Abraham is a, is a good player and is another one that... Tamori. Oh, good. Yeah. Tamori looks Tamori good. Well. Barkley looks like he's t- got a second wind. I can't believe we're making Dan Trelford seem nice yeah, things about know. Chelsea. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Man United. Martial came back. Mark, you always uh, have one on United. Did you watch that game? Did you um, see I saw a good bit of it. I didn't you see didn't? it. I was actually at the uh, NFL. Yeah, oh, But I saw nice. the uh, highlights the next day. And yes, well, this is the thing. I mean, United... They should have good players, and they should have good forward players, because that's, you know, we get, keep getting told about their DNA, and that is what they're supposed to have. The issue isn't when they have players all back and fit, we know they're good. It's when one of them gets injured, and now you're relying on a 17-year-old or, or Rashford, who's not really a striker. Yeah. So now he's back, great, but they're still so thin in that position that there's only one injury away, which could come, as we know with Martial, could come next week. Mm. Could come in six months, fine, but it could come next <laughs> week. And that's the issue with them. They did look good. Two missed penalties, with both players then going on to score a goal, which has never happened in the Premier League before. Good, good data point. Yeah. Lovely, data Mark. point. That's a great very, data point. Very corporate language grits. Mm. But I, I thought they looked all right. And I, and I think Norwich, I mean, the, the Man City curse, where they, where they beat them, seems to have really yeah. taken hold now. I don't know what's happened there. It's really gone badly, isn't it? Mm. What do you put that down to? I don't, I mean, is it I don't after know. Lord Mayor's but, show? Is that all it yeah, is? Yeah, maybe a bit. And then you look at, you look at their, how they started last season in the Championship, and they actually didn't really get going until about this time last yeah. year. End of, like, yeah, start of November. And they came 
when we QPR lost them 1-0 at home last year and the QPR fans were quite angry about it because they were they were kind of a, this nothing team that we yeah. should have should have been beating wow. and from but from there they went on and you know walked the league after that yeah so you know they've got to give uh, fuck time haven't they and, and and they might still get it right but the problem is in the premier league if you have a bad start, they had a good start, which has now become a bad start. It's really tough to recover. So hard it's to recover. So hard. Do to you turn see it Norwich being the sort of team that in January might go and chuck 30, 40, 50 million quid? I mean, it might take more than that. But do you see them doing that, or do you see them saying, "You know what, Daniel Fark, we believe in him. We'll let him take them down to come back up again stronger." I think they'll be. I, I, They'll, I would be surprised if they didn't spend, but they won't, I don't think they'll go crazy. Okay, you know, they're pretty well run. And they've, they've done that before, haven't they? They spent a, yeah. a lot of money and it went really badly wrong. You would hope they'd learn from that. You'd hope so. It doesn't really work. QPR did that, you know, when Redknapp took over. They spent, they spent, more, he spent more money than any other QPR manager in history. Yeah. And it went really badly. The only it thing does, that works work. is getting in Tony Poulos. Always. That's, yeah. that's scientifically proven. That's, uh, that's the only yeah. way we know how to stay Which out. they absolutely should not do. Of course not. It goes against everything <laughs> yeah. they've done for the last God 10 years. I'm just gutted I never played under him. He's, just, he's, he's the sort of manager that would have brought out all of my natural attributes. <laughs> Did you have a chance to play for him? Uh, well, he, play, he was manager of Plymouth um, when I was kind of down in that era. I think I was, I think I was either at um, Tokyo at the time, so some of the guys I knew were playing under him. Just hear about kind of the way he would play him. And then our physio at Plymouth, who was a good mate of mine, he was then his physio at Stoke, and I would just watch his updates and talking about him all the time. And I was thinking, I'd quite like to play for that. You, you would be... Like, if if like, I'm doing Dream Team, managers and players... You and Tony Pulis are up there. You'd think so, wouldn't he's you? He's great. I, you know what? People set the piss out of him. I think he's so effective and Who so does? good at what he does. Name them. I will never name them. Disgusting. But I think he's great. And oh. you know what, Norwich? Sign him up. Well, before... I'll tell you what. I, I, Middlesbrough played QPR last December. And that was the <laughs> worst, most dire performance by a team I've ever seen in my life. I actually felt sorry for Middlesbrough fans. I think I saw, was you, awful. I think I saw you might maybe posting about I did, that. You yeah. disgust. I, I, felt, I genuinely felt sorry for them. And they're just quite a good midfield. Yeah. And it was, every ball was just lumping it. I felt so yeah. sorry for Asomba Longa. He was just standing there going, I, I don't know I don't what know you what want me to do. do. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't well, know. let's, again, anyway. let's not badmouth him. Yeah. Um, I, uh, one <laughs> I good. Have, yeah, that's right. One more game this weekend before we come on to another elephant in the room. Uh, Liverpool versus Spurs. Did you see any of that either with you, gentlemen? I remember I was watching it through. I had the I had mute on because I was like, which was a weird way to watch a game. Well, fascinating insight into the way you. you well, it's interesting your because everyone was talking about the Liverpool atmosphere so going on. Oh, what were you listening to it then? So, <laughs> why are you it's your business? It? I don't know. It's like a, a self help book, probably cookbook or something like that. Um, it, <laughs> The importance about it was the influence of the crowd in that match for Liverpool. Mm. So Liverpool were dominating possession. I could see that. But Tottenham almost were set up to play against it, you yeah. know? And yeah, yeah. you just thought, what? Well, first of all, Kane's header so was early. sensational. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a straight, getting down to that, like, that, that man is just a sublime finisher. But watching the way that um, Tottenham started it and then Liverpool just started to grind them, I thought, hang on a minute, I thought Tottenham might actually... Yeah. get something out of this I, game I, just out of the sheer blind luck of the amount of pressure they were absorbing I felt like once they got to half time and they were still 1-0 down I thought well this is a perfect this is where Jurgen Klopp earns his bread and I thought they've got a good shot here and they came out very quickly second half and as soon as Henderson scores that goal there's just no doubt in my mind I know that last season Spurs were very good nearly nearly upset it and finished 2-0 I think there didn't it 
But I thought as soon as Henderson scored that, I felt like Spurs were playing a different game now. And now you've got that, I mean, normally legendary Anfield atmosphere. They weren't on mute at the stadium itself, so they Apparently could all hear not. it. Yeah. No, apart from Graham Souness talking about no one scores at the cop end and then... And immediately. Immediately. <laughs> glorious. I mean, I do love Souness just, and I love him getting angry just mm. because he's a Rangers guy yeah. and I'm sorry, but also being alongside Roy Keane, who was probably just shaking his head. Yeah. And, and tutting. Tutting. Yeah. And that would only anger Souness <laughs> more. But yeah, about the, the performance, it was... Um, yeah, I, I think Spurs made changes that impacted the game, which makes you wonder, mm. should he start, have started with the right team? I've got to, I don't know. I've got to say, I watched that game and I went, I, this looks like a mid-table team. I mean, it really... It looked like a mid-table team got a lucky first goal, could finish, but yes, a lucky, it was, fortunate... Get a lucky goal and then just kind of cling on. And they, they did what well, goalkeeper was really good, guys. Cling on from minute two, though. Yeah, and, and you just went... This is not what Spurs would have been doing last year. Spurs last year would have been going, yeah. well, we've got a 1-0 lead here. We're going to absolutely cane them on the break. They, I, but do you I think, worry do you, for them this but year. But do you think that they are just a little bit shell-shocked from the start of their season? I think they are, and, but, and just, but they've got to get over it. They have, but maybe going guns out against Liverpool and losing 4-5-0 is not the way to go I mean, about it. it was so. absolutely. But I, I, but I just... It, for me, watching them, I thought, I cannot believe this is the same team I, that I saw play again, you know, only a few months ago, being Ajax, an incredible game, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's, I just thought, this looks like, it looks like, you know, you know, sort of the last year or two, Leicester being sort of around 6th, 7th, 8th, it felt like that sort of performance of a team that's like, it's better than most teams in the league, they'll go to Liverpool and give them a game, but ultimately they'll lose. That's what it felt like. Yeah. You think, sure, it should not be like this for this. They just play in the Champions League final. Yeah. It and shouldn't the- be like this for them, and it is. Do you see anyone other than Liverpool winning the league this year? I know it's early, uh, six point gap though, and Liverpool just look, they just look like a machine. Yeah. I, I, it's too I think early. City, I've, I can't see. I've City, you still think City, don't you? Absolutely. Let's put, let's put money on it then, shall we? Absolutely. Not a problem. I've been, I've been You're watching. Pick Liverpool over City. I will pick Liverpool over City. Wonderful. Let's come back to that. I don't want to. I don't want to encourage betting, even though we're probably sponsored by it. Probably somewhere along. Yeah, something along the line. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to that. Um, listen, we've got uh, a big topic to talk about in the second half. Large topic. Yes. So let's come back to that. All right. Think you know everything about Frank Sinatra? Then think again. Award-winning Richard Shelton brings Frank Sinatra's story and his iconic songs to life in a new show at Wilton's Music Hall in London, October the 22nd through to November the 2nd. Go to wiltons.org.uk and grab your tickets now. Welcome back to the Whistleblowers. Uh, we spoke about all the games over the weekend. Mark, you were saying the interesting scheduling this weekend, wasn't it? From hate it, <laughs> absolutely hate it. Why have they got three four thirties yeah. on? Why is there no midday oh, or one o'clock weirdness. or one thirty? One of those four thirties was super Sunday. It's going to be yeah. Well, it was a super four thirty to six thirty uh, for one of the teams. It was a little bit gruesome. Uh, not just the performances, but perhaps something that happened during the match for Arsenal with uh, Granit Xhaka 
coming off the pitch to booze from his home fans. Um, something we've probably all seen, but his reaction. Is this the biggest story of the weekend, given the 9-0, given the VAR debacle, ongoing debacle? Is this the biggest well, story of the weekend? It becomes the biggest story, mm. doesn't it? It just becomes top of the news cycle, because you turn around and say, well, that's the last thing that happened. By the time that 9 nine finished, VAR is kind of a footnote. If you tell your home fans to F off and you're the skipper, Dan, did you see that? Or? I see, yeah, I've seen it since. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, I, I just, I don't know, I don't really know what to say about it. Arsenal fans are, are odd. They're an odd group. <laughs> Let's start with that. Yeah. Let's start I with mean, the oddness of the Arsenal fans. Arsenal fans, I think, have more entitlement than almost any other set of fans. Okay. That's not the whistleblower's opinion. That is opinion of Dan Trouffer. No, it's not in a bad way. All fans fans feel feel entitled. But Arsenal fans, I think, cannot live with the fact they're not winning stuff more than than other clubs. Uh, Man United a little bit, but they they make a lot more... I think they make a lot more noise about it. And uh, I think it's funny, because I'm just like, well, this is what it's like for all of us, (laughs) except for you and a couple of other teams. You know, we'd all kill to be... Win a fifth. FA Cup every year, you know, Premier League, fifth, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like this is, but you know, but this is what it's like, and and so you know, I mean, we're on the table. They're sort of fifth in the table. They're doing okay. They're not, you know, they're not doing terribly. They're they're clearly. I mean, I have sympathy for them because they've been in a period of transition for 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 quite a long time. It yeah, feels it's quite a transition. They haven't made that. You know, they haven't got back to the top. But but at some point, you have to go. Well, that's what it is. You Maybe know. this is who we are. This is, yeah. I suppose if you're paying three grand for a season ticket, yeah, I think you, you start to understand why you'd, you'd feel that way about yeah. your own club captain. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird, it's an odd choice for a club captain. And very odd clearly, choice. Clearly there's a lot of, you know, and also I don't know what's going on with, with Arsenal to, but, to but, that degree. But so. they've been, their last club captain was Koscielny, who pretty much binned them off in the summer in sort of similar circumstances. Not, not as sort of visceral as what Shaka did, but... Mm. Koscielny said he didn't want to play there anymore. He'd been denied his move. Then he has the, 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 the video for his new unveiling at his new club, taken off the Arsenal shirt to reveal it. And it's like, what, what is going on with Arsenal Football Club and Arsenal's captains? This is a team we've known for 10 years, maybe longer, that they need some steel. And it's no better personified than in the behaviour of both their previous captains, or, or current captain yeah. and previous captain. Oh, and, I th- you know, and I do have sympathy for them because... You know, for, for anyone who's been supporting them through the 90s and, and 2000s, you've gone, well, it's been Tony Adams and then Patrick yeah, Vieira yeah, yeah. and, mm. you know, Sol Campbell and, like, you know, fantastic captains. Leaders. And then suddenly you're getting yeah. this sort of run of people. So, you know, I do have sympathy for them, but it's, it's like you are, every club has this sometimes. You're going to go through troughs. But what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of then Shaka, experienced player? He's not a young player anymore. He's got a billion caps for Switzerland. He's. You know, a, a good, experienced professional footballer at a massive club. He's their captain. What do you make of his reaction to the, the, the abuse from the fans? He's a proven arsehole. He's like, <laughs> I'm not going to dress this up. He's an arsehole. He did the, the celebration in the World Cup, which was a directly goading, wasn't it like kind of a Bosnian sort of... Uh, yeah. it, was a, it was alluding to that. He knew what that was, he knew what that was about. He's a terrible tackler. He's... Yep. His intensity and the aggression that he shows. Again, if you're post goals and you miss time in tackles, that's fine. You're scoring 20 a season and you're saying, but the clumsiness with which he goes around the pitch sometimes. But for a defensive midfielder, yeah, but he's got, he's got the he's got the respect of his peers, which is something because they you know they turned out to vote for their own captain. Whether he's got all the dressing room, that's 
that's to be questioned. But as a player, so he's got their backing, he's got the manager's backing, and still he can't show enough restraint. Understandably, this whole this whole him walking off and being upset. Would you know what you suck it up? I was saying to to Dan, like if you if you walk off that pitch with your head bowed and take the booing, the fans are going to be like. That was a bit harsh. Everyone's going to come down and say, if you react like a petulant child... They'll do it again. They'll, they'll it and yeah, exactly. So the Arsenal fans, quite rightly, frustrated, but both sides are guilty here. And it comes down to, even comes down to looking at Emery and going, well, if you've appointed him, what you have to be seen... Because now he's backed him. Mm. So now he's he's seen to be like Coteau into it. It's, you, it's you, Emery and Shaka now in one well, corner. This is it. And, and, also, you, and also the story today was him saying, well, you know, Shaka's really upset about the way the fans have... Yeah. And you're thinking, that's not the message you need to send out today. Yes, The message you need to send not. out today say, Shaka is really sorry Listen, about how he reacted to I, what the Arsenal fans did. To put things into context, I'm a Celtic fan. Scott Brown. Scott Brown is a proven arsehole. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He's my captain, and I'll back him to the hill because I love Scott Brown. But I'm not. I'm in no doubt that the guy could be an absolute arse on the pitch. And that's what I'm saying. What Shaka's like. Problem is, Shaka doesn't feel. It feels like he's. It's very about. It's either about him, or it's. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's given his teammates around him enough confidence in his ability to lead the team or in his footballing ability, which unfortunately is paramount in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, you touched on Emery there a minute ago. Where is he at the minute? Where do you see his standing with the fans? Where do you see his standing with the players, with the board? How much has improved since Arsene Wenger? Or is this just a necessary buffer between Wenger and what they'll hope would be a, 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 the next dynasty? It's looking like that, I think. Because, I mean, they haven't got any better, really. And and I remember with Liverpool sort of wilderness years before Klopp came, I've got a, a friend who's a Liverpool fan, and I used to say I, I could not watch a Liverpool game without somebody either playing or being on the bench who I'd never heard of before. Like, I just felt like they'd <laughs> always got someone. I'd think, I always know everybody in the Liverpool squad. They had that whole period, yeah, yeah. Which, which doesn't happen now. But Arsenal feels to me are in that situation now. And I go, you know, I just kind of look at their team and I go, oh, who's that guy? Yeah. Or the, or the, or the, I've never heard of that bloke. That, they just feel like they're, in, they're still in this wilderness. And that's obviously why the fans are so angry. But that doesn't feel like it's going to change any, no. any time soon, does it? It doesn't, you know, they've no. got brilliant, you know, Aubameyang's a brilliant striker. They've got one of the best strikers in the league. They yeah. should be doing better. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, he, I, I don't think he will last a uh, long time. Because I think you, you, you're right there. Aubameyang and Lacazette as well, really good strikers. But Aubameyang isn't, isn't young anymore. He, he no. wants to win stuff, right? He's not going to stick around for a long time waiting for this. Emery's got to get, get it clicking now or at absolute stretch next season mm. otherwise they're going to lose their best assets and that's going to be it uh, where, sorry Chris where, whereas United are in a similar situation to Arsenal just come off the back of this you know, legendary manager or whatever still in the world and six years later but I feel like now even though Solskjaer isn't doing a particularly incredible job I feel like they've got some sort of identity back mm. and I think I can see what they're trying to do with Arsenal, I just don't know what it is. I don't no. know what the... Tra- Every single time I see them, it is a different Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been there for four transfer windows, 18 months. I just don't know... If I was an Arsenal fan, I'd probably be calling it quits on, on yeah, Emery. And, and a lot of good Arsenal fans that I've spoken to have expressed that. And it's disappointing for them, isn't it, ultimately? I went to see them on Thursday night against Vittoria uh, Setebal. Oh, yes. I, I, 
Victoria SB, I think they're called now. Um, and an incredible last-minute win. And Pepe scored two mm. phenomenal free Beautiful. kicks. Yeah, and you just look at that Arsenal team. But that was a game that, it was a 3-2, and there was no intensity about it. It was a game that almost passed them by, and then they just kind of clicked into a bit of quality. I mean, Kieran Tierney, they've got players like Bellerin, who I think is a, some brilliant he's a model. He's a model professional and and and, Literally. A, and a model modern professional. Do you know what I mean? The way he handles himself off the pitch and also you know with the media and there's a there's a little bit of he's got just got the personality I think to be able, more balanced personality to be able to take the the rough with the smooth. But, um, but I mean that's that I think you make a good point there and that must be another reason why Arsenal fans are so angry because there are times where they look brilliant. Mm. I mean, there are, but they're just they're just for fifteen minutes here and there, aren't they? And then they yep. must look at Leicester on Friday and think we used to do stuff like that. Well, they should be, they, they should be they, thinking they're never going to. Well, they, 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 they should be thinking about Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. that's what yeah. I think. Yes, no, they should. And, and people laughed ago, at that. Absolutely, they did. But he would have been a good manager. Would have been fantastic for Arsenal. Yeah. That's been proven. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, listen. Uh, just the last couple of stories on on Jack. We were looking at other players that have. Uh, got away with perhaps situations where they've spoken to the fans or, or made on-pitch demonstrations of perhaps dislike uh, QPR, Dan? Any, yeah, anything well, spring to Adele Tarraps was, was brilliant for that. He, he never, I don't think he ever, ever said anything about the fans, actually, because, you know, we all loved him. He's smarter than that. But yeah. he did, um, we lost 6-0 at Fulham once. I don't know what the score was at half-time, probably about 4-0. And Neil Warnock subbed him. And he's famously just left the stadium and got photographed sort of at the bus stop <laughs> in a bus home after the game, which is good. Um, we, we, we had yeah. a lad on loan at the time. I can't remember. You might remember better than me. There was a lad on loan when I was playing for Torquay. It was about 2010. And Tarap was obviously at QPR. Mm. And Tarap, he said, at lunchtime, they would all be in the canteen at QPR. And Tarap would walk in with his family. So his family <laughs> would turn up when the players finished training. And he just walked them in. He's sitting down and then... Go to the buffet and all the other players are like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. It was like, it's just, I'll just bring them to feed them. I mean, he must have been on, what, 20 grand a week, yeah. 15 grand a week at the time. And it's like, oh, family just, club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just his well, he, family, apparently. He's, he actually did an interview the other day and he said that, because um, it's starting to come good again at Benfica, finally. <laughs> Only 30. I mean, <laughs> nice one, Adele. Um, and he, um, he was, how old is he? 30? 30, yeah. Oh and he was saying Milner that, being 33 was the age shock yeah. at the weekend yeah. for me, but go on. But he was saying that, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a nonsense excuse, but he said that one of the reasons that he thinks he struggled after he left us was that Warnock absolutely indulged him because he knew that that's how we would we would win the league. Because if if he indulged him, he'd win us games, which he did, and we'd win the league. And then when he went elsewhere, he said he couldn't understand why other managers were yeah. not letting him do whatever he wanted at all times. Because what because what yeah. a player he was! But like was, genuinely, oh. he, he could have been absolutely top level player, absolutely. Well, he said, he said in the same interview been, that he, his best period was at Milan and when Seydorf was manager, and he did look brilliant there. And it's a, yeah. it's a real shame for him that they didn't appoint Seydorf because he would have got that transfer and things could have been different. But. Could have been a Yannick Balassi. Could have been a... Yeah. Um, Mark, you got any uh, good ones for uh, players that have... No, <laughs> but Wayne Rooney's joining in December, so I reckon in January I'll have some... Yay! Well, that's the other one. Right? It was the Algeria game, the World Cup. Yeah. Nice to see young fans, fans, boo, yeah. Uh, love Wayne Rooney. Looking forward to everything that comes with it at yep. Derby, as a Derby fan. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Dan, you up to anything at the moment that you want to talk about? Um, I'm working on a set. We did a, uh, me and my friend John Smith did a book called uh, Booked. 
the gospel according to our football heroes about football autobiographies. I've read it. It's a belter. Is this a so We are now... Yeah, we're now working on the sequel. Fantastic. Which is going to be called uh, Second Yellow. How far in the process are we? Uh, we've read all the books. We've read... Now we've read between us now nearly 250 football autobiographies. My God. For, for just combined for the first and second books. Yes. Yeah. So that's... we've got tons of new stuff. Any highlights and, uh, that have cropped up so far? Oh, man. Well, I was going to say, actually, there, you know, there's one bit about fans talking about uh, fans talking talking to players and stuff. There's a really nice bit. Terry, <laughs> Terry Yorath, when he was manager of Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. it's going really badly. And he knows he's, he's, he's on the verge of the sack. And one day he's losing at home to Millwall and he gets a tap on the shoulder and this old lady says to him, uh, Terry, uh, you're a lovely man, but please do the best thing for Sheffield Wednesday and resign. And then he says... Her words haunted me through the night, <laughs> and I decided she was right. Oh, oh God. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? I wanted, like, a upbeat thing no, at the no, end No, 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 this is the, <laughs> the perfect time. Halloween ending. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a spooky story. The Yorith haunting. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, thanks, Dan Trelfer, for joining us this week. Thanks, Mark Smith. Thank you, Mark. And uh, we'll be back next week. That was The Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.